Hello, friends, and welcome to the Crystal Clear Podcast. My name is Crystal, and I'm your host. This is Season 3, Episode number 2. And today, we are hitting on the topic of diversity and variety in education. This is a very important topic. I hope you guys will join me and listen in. So, have you ever heard the old phrase, all roads lead to Rome? Well, in the old days, in ancient times, Rome had 29 major highways that radiated out into the territories. Every city under the vast rule of the Roman Empire had a road that took them directly to Rome. There were 372 roads in the provinces of Rome, which were 113 provinces, covering 250,000 miles. Now, if you think that's a lot of numbers, it was even more impressive. From any starting point in the empire of Rome, you could reach the same destination, Rome. You could reach the same place from anywhere because of their magnificent roads. If two people were in distant provinces, each would end up meeting in Rome because of the Roman roads. So in the same way, the destination of a good education has many roads, many paths that will take you there. You can choose a very different path than the rest of the population and yet still arrive at the same destination, which is having a well-educated child. There are so many ways that you can educate. Think about this. Think about the variety of people in the world. Think about the differences and the traits and the qualities, abilities in each of the people that you know personally. Think about their traits and qualities. These differences are there by design, and we are born with strengths that are meant to build up other people and help the world. So education is not a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter system, at least not where people are free, because we are not cookie-cutter people, obviously. We do not learn best with a one-size-fits-all approach. And as vast as our differences are, so should be the differences in our methods of learning and teaching. Your way will not be exactly like my way because your skill set is different than my skill set. And that is a very good thing. It's like the differences in foods and the differences in spices. What if every restaurant made the same thing the same way? What if every meal that you ate tasted exactly the same? You will get tired of eating very quickly. In 2020, when a certain sickness was going around globally and nationally here in the United States, people were losing their taste and their smell as a side effect of this sickness. And there were 30 days when I had the sickness where I could not taste any food for 30 days. And I wondered if my sense of taste was ever going to come back. And it was a terrible experience. I'm not even a foodie type of person. Like, I don't care if it's fancy. I don't care if it's amazing. I just eat, f- eat for the purpose of fueling my body and having energy. So anytime previously that I would have a cold and be congested for a couple of days, it was no big deal that I couldn't taste my food because I knew that in a week that it would come back and then I would taste my food again. Um, having no taste buds for five days is not a big deal to me, but 30 days was a whole other level of deprivation. Everything tasted like paper or cardboard for a month. There was no variety. 
you can bet all of your money that I was singing hallelujah when I got a small 5% of my taste buds back. It was the greatest feeling in the world. And I had definitely taken my taste buds for granted and the fact that I could taste food. Um, And eventually, all of my tastes came back and I was so happy. So the food that we eat has a variety of tastes for a reason. The beauty of the flavors gives fullness to our senses and our experience of life. And it tells us that life is good and that we are satisfied and satiated. And people themselves also have a variety or a flavor for a reason. The beauty of life comes directly from our differences in our gifting, perspective, strengths, abilities, and it gives a fullness to the world and to our lives, just like foods and differences in them gives a fullness to the taste that we have when we eat. We are not machines. We are not robots. We are individuals, and we have differences that are unique to each of us. So our learning methods and our educational methods, therefore, should reflect our individuality. So there is a concept that individuality is opposed to uniformity. And these are two ideas that are very important to understand if you want to give your child the freedom of a true education and an educated mind, okay? Because in our country, there's two forces at work. One is promoting uniformity of all people and all thinking, and everybody should think in one way. And then there's the other side, which says everyone should think individually. And so individuality is defined as, you might want to jot this down, the quality of a person that sets them apart or distinguishes them from other people. Individuality makes them set apart. So think of a population, a bunch of people. They have a variety of perspectives, different responses to questions. If they get asked a question, they have different answers and different thoughts. They have the ability to know how to think. They have a skill of knowing how to think. And knowing how to think creates diversity. And it creates intellectual diversity. If you know how to think, this is important. People who know how to think have healthy discussions. They have debates, which produce solutions and efficiency. Albert Einstein is known for saying that everything that is really great and aspiring is created by an individual who can labor in freedom. Therefore, he's saying individuality is what inspires people to work and create freedom. Uniformity, on the other hand, uniformity is what's happening uh, in the mainstream schools. It is uh, everything being the same. It is lack of variety. Think of a population of people that all have the same opinion and the same response to every question. They have been taught what to think. Only knowing one perspective creates one-sided thinking or narrow-mindedness. And people who don't know how to think do not have the ability to have discussions, debates. They don't produce a wide variety of solutions because they only think one way. And they're inefficient in their practice because their thinking is limited. Therefore, our educational methods, the way we teach, should reflect our own individuality. And they should retain your individual ability to learn, have interests, be curious about the world. We should be very cautious about being the same as everybody else, about conforming in educational methods, about 
trying to be the same like everyone else because a free nation is based on principles of freedom. And a free nation that is based on freedom can only stay free if the individual rights of free speech, free press, free worship, the right to own personal property, if those are retained. So individuality is a characteristic of a free people, while uniformity is the characteristic of an enslaved people or an oppressed group of people. They all think the same because they were all taught and indoctrinated with the same concepts. And this also happens through, obviously, the national media, through the TV news, through all kinds of, you know, media channels. They try to create uniformity. And I've seen so much data on this, um, that uniformity is often formed through TVs and computers and uh, social media, things like that. Um, But individuality is what sets us apart. And individuality is a cornerstone of freedom. Um, Education is the pathway that drives the shaping of the culture because As they used to say, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. He who teaches the minds of the young shapes the culture. That's the most powerful position is the people who are shaping the minds and the hearts and the thoughts of the children, which is who is teaching them. So all children learn in a different way. They have a learning style. Some kids learn best by seeing things on a chart or a picture, which is visual. Some learn best by hearing, which is auditory. The third way that kids can learn is by hands-on, which is called kinesthetic. Some learn verbally through either seeing literal words or writing them, and that's called verbal learning. Other children are combinations of these, and if you watch a child, they will show you what they are. Uh, Some of them will gravitate to one because they perceive what you're saying better when they use that method, like if they see a picture, they retain it better. Or if they hear it, they retain it better. Or if they get their hands on an object and they can take it apart and put it together while they're learning, they retain it better. Um, if they read it, they retain it better. So one of these they'll gravitate to, they'll learn it best, and they'll understand better when they do one of those. So no matter how many times you give instructions, some children will only retain or hear when they have an object in their hands, like think of a Rubik's Cube or a hand puzzle or Legos. I have uh, one child who specifically learned this way, and I've been a teacher for 25 years, and I've taught my own six children for 20 years, and one of my children specifically learns best when she has something in her hands that she can move and turn, take apart, put together, and she'll remember anything that she hears while she has something in her hands. She's a kinesthetic, hands-on learner combined with auditory. So one year we were using online videos for math for this child and she was having difficulty paying attention to these videos. And it was, you know, it was pretty short video, 10 minutes. She was about seven years old, had lots of energy and she's a hands-on learner. So the video uh, was going, the thought occurred to me because she was having trouble listening the thought occurred to me to put some Lego building blocks into her hands and set them on the desk. And amazingly, This child who would struggle to be still and to listen and to hear it just quietly sat watching the math video with the use of those Lego blocks. When I went over the information with her, what the teacher talked about, she knew it and she understood everything. 
When her hands were staying busy with the blocks, her mind slowed down because the energy of the body was going to the hands and she was moving them. So she began to use blocks every day. She did very well in math and continued to progress through her own independent work. And she knew how to support her learning because we knew her learning style was hands-on and it worked really well for her. Now imagine if this child was put into a standard school classroom and she had no objects in her hand to keep her attention because that would distract other people, right? She would never retain the information at all and she would probably not even hear it because her mind and her body are busy until she has something in her hands and she would be told by some teacher that she doesn't have good learning skills or that she's not listening well. But Einstein said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will learn to think that it is stupid because a fish can never climb a tree. It's not a climbing animal. It's a swimming animal. And he was smart to say that because you have to let a fish be a fish. Most children are not alike. They're not like each other. And they do not feel like they're on equal footing when each, with each other when they're placed into a standard classroom. A room with 20 children is a room with 20 various diverse learning styles of individuality. And every child deserves the best chance possible to learn as an individual. There are many roads that can lead your child to being well-educated. And as a parent, when you make the rules, it's up to you. So my advice to you is to take the road less traveled. And if you so desire, you have every resource and every ability and every right as a natural right to take up your own child's education and to see them, see them succeed and teach them what you would have them to learn because that is in within your rights as a citizen. So let's do a recap. Uh, there are many roads that will take you to the destination of education, just like in ancient times, there were many roads that could take you to Rome, right? So there are many, many ways to educate a child. We have to get outside of the thinking box that says there's only one way to educate. And that's kind of like, uh, the mantra that's uh, rammed into our minds as we grow up, there's only one way to educate. There's only one way and you have to do it this way. And that's absolutely false. Uh, it's such a false statement. There are endless, limitless, millions and millions of ways to educate. And I would say billions because every person in the world is different. So remember about variety of people. Think about our uniqueness and our individuality and our differences that are by design. And so we are meant to help each other by being different. And when we're learning, we learn differently. So you are not going to learn the same way that I do. And that is by intention. That's a good thing that we're all different. So if we, if we can step outside of a standard classroom and we can see the world differently and we can learn differently, we will have a variety of thought. We will have a variety of perspectives and our world and our nation will become, be able to come up with really good solutions and effective solutions that are efficient. And we have to remember that individuality is what sets you apart and that we should be having different kinds of thinking and that we should be having different kinds of learning. We should not be uniform and we should not have everything being the same because that is what is true of the oppressed and the enslaved peoples. 
is they have been taught what to think, not how to think. So for your own children, they will all learn in a different way, but there are four main learning styles, which we went over, and you can look into these more in depth in my book, which is called Liberated Learning, and it's on Amazon, and there's a whole chapter on learning styles. And just briefly, I'll tell you the short of it here, which is the visual learner, the auditory learner, the kinesthetic learner, or hands-on, and then the verbal learner. If you want to know more about that, you can look for my book on Amazon. It's by Crystal Stafford, and it's called Liberated Learning. And then you can look for my course for parents that's on Thinkific, which is called You Can Homeschool. There is my YouTube channel that you can follow. It is at handle, the name on the YouTube is Crystal Stafford One. And also I have a site on medium.com, which is a writer's website for articles on medium.com. My name is Crystal Michelle. And I have also coaching available one-on-one for either parenting or educational strategy and how to homeschool. Um, You can reach me for coaching and for information on coaching through my email. And that can be emailed through any of these sites that I previously listed. You can email me through my YouTube or through Medium account. And if you just want my regular email, it is crystalstafford35 at gmail.com. So once again, I thank you so much for being here to listen. And I hope this is helpful to you. I hope you take these as real strategies and real tools that you can use to overcome in your life to do better and to face challenges. And until next time. Thank you always. As always, take care, guys, and God bless.